on to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Jojo G, success coach and multi-passionate creative. If your goal is to create a business and life from your passions, plural, this show is for you. Join me every week to learn the mindset shifts, business strategies and creative habits that empower you to fulfill your calling, master your mindset and blast through the limiting beliefs that keep you stuck and broke so you can build a thriving business from your passions and enjoy more freedom and abundance in your life. Remember, the world needs all your gifts, not just one. Hello, welcome once again to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm very, very excited about today's guest and you'll see why in a minute. Katie Moray is a leadership coach, diversity and inclusion consultant and business mastermind host. Kate's passionate about supporting change-making women to step up in leadership without burning out. She's worked in 35 countries and coached thousands of women over 20 years as a coach, group facilitator and consultant. Equities are change-makers in business, online entrepreneurship and social impact. She's run a coaching and consulting business for 11 years. Have Learning named Katie one of the top 50 G plus I leaders in the UK. Her first book, Changemakers, is published by Kogan Page in April 2022. Katie talks about the kind of leadership the world needs right now, how all of us are leaders and can use our voices to speak up and make a difference in our workplaces and communities, the traits good leaders have, and how they can create a more inclusive culture and so much more. We really touch on a lot in this interview, so let's dive in. Hi, Katie, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation today because being a leader in your life and owning that, speaking up and you know, sharing your voice can really be a game changer, not just for you, but also for everyone around you. And you can really start making a contribution and a change in the world. So I look forward to speaking to you about leadership. But first, I would like to hear more about you and how you came to this work. Hi, Georgia. Hi, everyone. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I work with women leaders, change makers in social impact and business. I do that one to one. And that's always been a part of my work throughout my life. I've always had one-to-one coaching support of leaders in all the organizations that I've worked with before I set up my own business independently. And I also now work inside organizations with individual clients on projects around cultural change. And again, that was a piece I always had as part of my early jobs. I was always involved in group facilitation or leadership training. That was just something that I was exposed to quite early on. And so those aspects built really through my career, working with lots of different clients in lots of different countries and the studying that I did and the other professional development that I've done before I then set up my own business. So I, I guess I feel really, I guess, happy that I discovered at quite a young age that I loved working with people. I loved working in resourcing and supporting people to grow and flourish. And I loved working alongside leaders to support them to be more inclusive to support them to have more impact so I discovered that quite early on in my career and then that's really the thread that I've had throughout 
And then that piece around resilience and well-being and how do we stay sustainable as we want to make a difference in the world. I think that's come to me through really being alongside so many passionate, ambitious, purpose-driven leaders who have hit extremes of exhaustion and burnout despite being really passionate about the causes they're working with. And then also working with leaders who are saying to me, actually, there must be more than this. Like there must be something more meaningful I can do in my, with my blood, sweat and tears of my actual life. Like, what is it that I can do to connect more with that passion and purpose? So that resilience piece and helping leaders to discover that and stay sustainable, that's also developed as what I would call like a red thread or a golden thread through my work as well. I love that. I love how you're talking about this thread and how everything that you do is connected to each other. And there are so many things that I want to unpack from what you said, but I would like to start with what does leadership mean to you? Because I know that for me, before I did my leadership training last year, when I talk about leadership, I very much had in mind this image of yes. a white old man that was leading mostly by fear or by using power in a commanding way instead of with love and inspiration. So when talking about leadership, what does that image of that type of leader that we unfortunately see today in some occasions can really put people off becoming a leader themselves and seeing themselves as a leader? So can you talk about what leadership means to you and the kind of leadership that the world needs today? Yeah, what a great question. So I think we are each leaders. So what, whether or not we have that role title above our door or whether we are particularly senior inside an organization, I believe that each of us can, we each lead ourselves, we each lead our businesses. We each, if we have teams, we, we role model and we act alongside other people in the world and that's how we express ourselves in the world and that's how we influence others so that's how I understand leadership and we all can step more into that so for me it's more about who we are how we be rather than what we necessarily do although behaviors are really important and the way that we are with each other is really important I guess I would see it more as what we role model and how we influence and some people of course if you like go up the progression or the ladder inside corporations or businesses and they become more senior and um, some people take on management responsibilities or some people take on teams within their businesses and then they're they're directly leading other people so that leadership I think is expressed really differently for other people it's expressed in their communities or expressed in their families so yeah I, I guess I have a, a wide definition of of leadership it's about how we influence other people and our values of course come into that what we what we care about and, and as I said who we are our character is so much um so much a part of that those characteristics that we bring oh, absolutely I totally agree that we are all leaders just that we don't often realize that we don't see ourselves in that role because that's not what we have been taught that a leader is. So thank yes. you for expressing what a true leader is, just influencing others. So what makes a good leader? What qualities and traits does a good leader possess? 
in order to be able to lead and influence in a positive way. So a good leader knows, well, let's say ourselves, let's talk about us. So a good leader knows ourselves well. We know who we are. We know our strengths. We know that we are always unfolding and still becoming. We're not completed perfect articles. So we know that we will have blind spots. We will have things that we're not good at. I think that's really important just to have that humility that we need other people around us. We're not designed to do any of our change making, whether that's through our business or through our own organizations, we're not designed to do that alone. So I think a good leader, if we're to be good leaders, we, we listen to others, we receive, we're receptive to that feedback from others and we're willing to, to hear when the impact of our behaviors perhaps isn't positive for somebody else. We're willing to adapt and to change who we are, how we behave and how we are with other people. I think that's a really key trait. And again, when I, when I coach particularly women leaders actually, and when I see um, where they're really thriving, there is that receptivity to receive input and receive support as well as kind of require it from others and kind of ask for great performance from others. So we're talking all the time that kind of balance of um, giving and receiving like what that that two-way or multi-way dialogue looks like whose voices are being heard who is being included who is centered who has um, where are the opportunities given is there equity in that so that inclusion piece for me is also really important we know that businesses thrive and do so much better than their competitors when they have multiple voices and ways of thinking and just that whole innovation piece that comes with having real genuine diversity in the mix and that means that people need to be able to feel like they can participate and they can bring their best and and then we get into all that stuff lovely stuff about what it feels like to belong somewhere so I think leaders great leaders really enable others to to thrive and bring their potential and enable others to feel like they belong and also great leaders allow people to move on so I think some of the the best people that I've worked with have really allowed me to extend when I've been part of their team extend and stretch and grow and then they've allowed me to not get stuck and stay put but they've allowed me to fly and move on so I think there's something very cyclical and not static about this too. Yeah, I love that. And you know, what's coming up for me is that a lot of these things that makes a good leader, like receiving feedback and being more inclusive, they can be challenging to do. And it's not something, again, going back to the stereotypes of being a leader, it's not something that you would think a good leader is so when you work with leaders do do they have any misconception about what they should be doing as opposed to what actually works in being a good leader well yes I think we're all socialized and conditioned into what a good anything looks like right like we have a good what what it means to be a good worker what it means to be a good entrepreneur what it means to be a good woman or a good mother a good good partner a good daughter I think there are all these things particularly that women are socialized into so yeah there's a lot of 
unlearning and exploring with this, isn't there? What does it mean to be a good leader? I think is there's some personal exploration here and some personal inquiry. How can I be more, you know, how can I be myself in this too? I think, again, particularly for women leaders, and if I think about women who lead their own businesses, so perhaps in a solopreneur context or a small team context, it can be lonely at the top for any leadership position. It can be messy. I think for all of us, we're increasingly navigating uncertainty and complexity that's going on in, in the, the world around us, whatever our area of business, whatever our sphere of influence, we're all experiencing the turbulence of the last few years. And we need to not, I think I've mentioned this already, that sense of not being alone. Like who do we have around us to, to support, to provide accountability. So again, that's about who's going to give me feedback, who's going to really tell me how I'm doing and, and call me out and call me in, you know, gently, kindly, lovingly um, to being my best self. Who's going to speak to my blind spots? And that, that kind of support and accountability, I think, is quite rare for leaders to find that. So that might be a challenge to, to your listeners at who do you have in your life who really genuinely wants you to succeed will cheerlead for you will welcome your bigness your ambition all of your beautiful desires for change and desires for things that you want to create and also will support you when things are tough and when there are hard days and in your vulnerabilities and in your challenges and and who will speak to your blind spots like that's a big gift isn't it to receive that from someone else and the groups that I run for women entrepreneurs it's all about creating that space it's quite rare I think for us to find it I think we have to create it and seek it out for ourselves that 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 space that will really nurture us as we grow oh absolutely like receiving feedback is not always pleasant but it's right. the only way that we can grow and sometimes we do things we, we lead in a way that upsets people or cause some damage and that's not our intention, right? So if you don't get the feedback, we are not gonna know when thing when we can do things better and be more inclusive and more kind and more supportive and more inspiring, really help our people thrive. And also talking about having the support in your life, I think it's also very important to not burn out because as a as a leader, you you can tend sometimes to want to take on too much. Or yeah. to micromanage and then of course you also have you know like your family and other priorities in your life so how do you juggle it all without uh, burning out so again I think our work structure and systems whether you're inside of work, someone else's workplace or even in the world of entrepreneurism and online business there is these, there are these expectations, there are these assumptions around what it means to, to work in that space. And I think we are infiltrated, we are um, shaped by this whole kind of toxicity around productivity. So it is about always being on, always being available, the hustle, the drive, the push, and it's that very masculine energy. Um, and I've I've only really noticed that in the last few years, not because it hasn't existed before, but I've kind of woken up to it. And so for me personally, it's been about how do I balance a more cyclical way of working and thinking about my life more holistically? So 
what is it that I want in my work is part of a conversation with myself and my loved ones about what is it that we want in our life and we are creating something together in the present moment repeated that will build a life so work is part of that and I know there's huge privilege involved there that I'm not needing every day to wake up and say how will I get food in my fridge or how will I get a roof over my head um, how will I keep my family safe today? And I, so I'm really conscious of the privilege that I have that I'm able to, to have conversations which are about what's the kind of life we want to create. I'm, I'm kind of aware of that as I say that out loud, that that has been how I've discovered a way to keep myself sustainable. And then in my book, Changemakers, and then in my work with leaders, I, I work with what I call power practices, which are small I wanted to find Georgia ways that we each can integrate our well-being and really center our well-being as we lead our businesses in a way that doesn't just kind of add more to the to-do list, but just really builds it in in a very easy way. So these power practices are really small things we can do that when we do it repeatedly, we build a habit and we build the muscles and we get really good at just doing these things almost kind of unconsciously. They become part of the rhythms and flow and patterns of our days and the benefits are when we do it, it's the sort of atomic habits idea from James Clear that we we build those muscles it's small things that actually bring about that big change over time so these for me have been tried and tested and I've gleaned them from areas of spirituality and personal development exec coaching performance all these different areas that I've been steeped in for so many years and I've kind of synthesized these practices that will help us really day to day so that's how I do that that's how I balance it myself and that's how I support my clients um, to do that so can you share a couple of examples of what habits support good leadership yeah and I think particularly around this resilience and and well-being piece so I think there's lots of other habits that support leaders to become more self-aware, for example, or to become more inclusive, for example, if we're talking about habits that support leaders to become and sustain themselves. Yeah, let me think which to share with you. So I start my day with an intention setting practice, which I know will be familiar to lots of people. So again, these things are, these things are really simple and it is the build up day by day. So I ask myself three questions every morning. How do I want to feel today? Like in my body, in my embodied self, walking through the world today, how do I want to feel? How do I want to be, which is about how I'm gonna show up. So that's that leadership piece. How do I want to be with my team, with my colleagues, with my clients, with those in my family, with everyone around me that I'm influencing today? How do I want to be with them and behave with them? And then the third question is, one thing that I want to progress today. So that's about the bigger goals for my life and my business. Sometimes those big goals can feel really overwhelming, right? And we just actually put off working towards them because they feel so huge. So this practice helps me to see a small thing that I can do today that will take me towards that bigger goal. It's not me trying to eat the whole elephant, if you like to use that analogy. It's just like taking a little nibble. And so those three questions, how do I want to feel? How do I want to be? one thing I want to progress today really helped me focus and also bring my attention back to what's most important if I get knocked off, if my attention gets knocked off through the day, which it does all the time. So that that intention setting really helps me to stay 
to stay connected with what's most important to me day by day. That would be one practice. And then I'll share this one, which is about, it's called weekly wins. And again, really simple, old school pen and paper. I use post-it notes because I love the colors and the kind of creativity of post-it notes, but you can do this on an Excel spreadsheet if you prefer. So you can make all these habits your own. At the end of a week, I look back over everything that's happened that week. Again, super simple, flick through my diary, look back through my schedule. And I think about the small things that have happened. So a significant email, a significant conversation, a way that something has shifted forwards, even if it's really tiny. I particularly hone in on like all the small, small, small steps of progress that I've made that week. And I list them out, literally just list them. And then that piece of paper, that post-it note goes into a clear folder that I have next to my desk. That folder is now filled with weekly wins. And so if I'm ever having a slump or a funk or a day where I'm just like, oh my goodness, what is this all about? or I lose my momentum, which by the way, was yesterday <laughs> for me this week. Um, I can look at that folder and I can see, okay, I'm making progress. Here's all the ways. We tend to not celebrate the small steps. We tend to, we, we, you know, we notice the big wins. We notice when we get to a milestone in our businesses, we don't always, and, and then usually by the way, we move on to the next thing, right? Immediately, we just have a new goal. That's how our brains tend to work. So there's something very powerful for our brains to celebrate the small steps, the progress along the way. So that weekly wins power practice really takes me literally less than five minutes. It's really established in me now over many, many, many weeks, my belief that I can make progress and I can create more of the life that I want to create. I can make the change making contribution that I want to make. And by the way, it also helps you course correct because you can see on your list, oh my goodness, I've totally overscheduled myself this week or um, I was completely unrealistic about what I could achieve or, oh, I focused on this thing when actually this thing is more important. So it's also a little review moment to help you think about, okay, come Monday or whenever the first day of your week is, I'm, I can be ready and this can be my new intention. So it's that constant or regular, let's say, rather than constant regular review and refresh and over I've now seen that I've done that practice now for three years and I've seen really significant progress taken just by those really tiny little small wins and celebrating them noticing them along the way well I can agree more with that and we women definitely have it's very challenging for us to actually stop and celebrate our accomplishment Mm -hmm. because it feels very much like bragging, which we are thought we should not be doing, but actually just taking stock of what we have achieved. Yeah. It really helps to bring to, to build your confidence and as I said, gain momentum and continue going for your goals. And especially leaders, you know, you work with people who have a big art, they want to help others, they want to make a difference in the world. But sometimes, you know, especially in the face of systemic injustice, and all the horrible things that are going on in the world, it is easy to feel powerless and feel like nothing you do can make a difference. And obviously that's not true because even just speaking up, you know, every conversation with a friend and raising awareness can already start a ripple effect. But can you speak to this and how do you have people make that change when it feels too massive and, and almost like it doesn't matter if they contribute to the start? We can all relate to that, can't we? It's so it's so common. And I would say that 
keeping us believing that our contribution is too small or that we are not powerful. That is how systems stay oppressive and unjust and how they perpetuate their injustice. That's part of it. It's not the only way. So there's something very countercultural and very um, powerful, I want to say, for us to recognize that even me I and you, even we can do something and we can make a difference. And again, it's back to that small, small, small steps, isn't it? That that can become part of that ripple effect that you've mentioned. So that initial acknowledging and claiming our power, I think, is the first step here. And if you feel overwhelmed, helpless, hopeless even, and often I feel that way when I watch the news or when I'm engaging with different issues that are that are going around and I have to shift myself into a place of, well, feeling the feelings because when there are global events that are devastating, it's completely appropriate as humans to connect with our humanity and, and feel that. So I think there's something about feeling that, the response. And then when when we've rested, probably, there's also a kind of an energy cost to it. When, we, when we're rested, we can shift to, okay, now what is in my gift? And there are things we can do with our money, with our giving, with our investing, with who we're buying from, with where we're saving our money, where our pensions are held. Like we can look at all these layers of how our resources contribute or undermine the things that we that we care about. We can think about environmental issues there. We can think about other social just issues around social justice, for example. I think we can we can think about how we use our voice. You've mentioned that already, Georgia. Where where we want to add our voice, whether that's um, directly, whether we're marching, whether we're writing letters to our elected representatives, whether we're signing petitions, all of that kind of activity, whether we're speaking up inside our workplaces and saying, "Well, let's have this conversation. Uh, let's discuss how this could be better. Let's talk about." disability access let's talk about lgbtq plus experiences whatever the issue is that you want where you want to make a change or where you see there's an injustice or where you see that people are not being treated fairly or whatever it is that you want to speak to where there's where we're thinking about the climate crisis like okay let's have the conversation in our business about how we can invest our money and our investments and how we can think about our suppliers and our supply chain and all the, all these different pieces so it is thinking perhaps a little bit creatively and going a little bit beyond ourselves and thinking about how we're connected to other people and other humans and where we can make some choices and decisions there I think that's powerful individuals are we know are powerful in that way and then collectively of course we can really make a difference when we join forces with others if you notice even now, even today, listening into this, that what are the things that actually make you really angry? Like when you hear about them, you feel that rage and that's that kind of righteous anger, that sense of like, that's not okay. That sense of injustice that we can feel as a real, a real burning anger. If you think about the things that create a curiosity in you, it's like, oh, I'm so interested in that. Like, oh, I'd love to find out more. Like, that's fascinating. What can I explore there? If you think about the things that you love, like, oh, this makes me feel alive. I feel really connected. I feel really energized. If we follow those things, those are all clues for us 
to help us find what I like to call our change making contribution like where this is back to your first question Georgia like knowing or discovering over time our passion our calling our purpose whatever you want to name that as our anger our, our joy our love our our sense of curiosity those are all real clues for us it's like little yeah it's like a little clue uh, trail that we can follow and that also helps us find our people so that collective piece that I mentioned earlier finding others who are also really passionate about this and who would you'll find people and you'll find others and you can join and not necessarily to lead often let's just use the example of racial injustice for example for me as a white woman my job when I find a group of people to support is to follow and support not to try and take over and lead but to be alongside and kind of add my voice and add add my power and privilege and use my power and privilege use my voice to support so yeah long answer to your question but I think there is yeah those discoveries of how can I respond it's not to sometimes we want to deflect we can feel really powerless let's say and we want to go into like savior mode or we want to go into action mode to deflect from that discomfort of those feelings and and that's why I was saying I think sometimes we need to feel as well we need to be in our bodies and notice the impact and allow ourselves time to to grieve allow ourselves time to kind of release whatever it is we need to feel and process Um, and our own our own trauma may well be activated and there's you know there may be work and support that we need there so I'm not saying we all should be doing all these things I'm saying we can all find ways to connect with our own power and to find ways to do that that feels good for each of us yeah I really like the I like when you say about feeling your feelings because I've been talking about finding our purpose and how we can make the change in the world I think there is so much focus on you know, like the joy and the positive emotions but as I said anger can also point in a direction and it's an emotion that makes a lot of people uncomfortable because we are not uh, raised to actually express mm-hmm. our anger so to know that that is a clue and that the anger can be used for a positive change to build something better than not just destroy I think that is mm-hmm. very powerful also what you were saying about using our voices picking up so the most powerful things that we can do but it's also one of the most challenging things for you because again we are raised to be quiet and be followers not overshadow men at least that's my that that that, that was my experience so Mm. do you find that the leaders you work with especially the women they have like a challenge in speaking up and using their voice and if so how do you help them overcome that yeah you're right to name the ways that we are socialized to behave and to be and the expectations that are placed on us as women to be a particular way so all of this is quite countercultural, isn't it all of this is stepping into a different way of being than perhaps the box that we feel we should be in or that society is telling us we should be in And that's where I think we need each other. We need role models. We need to see other women who are doing that. I I personally find that so inspiring to 
connect with whether that's in real life or online connect with other women that inspire me to speak up and use my voice and I watch the way that they are doing it and they're doing it in their own way and that inspires me that I don't need to do it in their way I can find my own ways to do it but that connection with other women who who are really leaning into that 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 does definitely give me extra strength and then I think we each gauge our own safety don't we when we're inside perhaps we're inside a workplace system we gauge how safe is it for me to speak up and kind of raise my hand and perhaps be the person who says what everyone else is thinking but is the only person to say it out loud and we all get we all gauge that I don't think there's a right or wrong prescriptive answer to how we can each do that I do know that again when we find support with other colleagues perhaps other women alongside us who can amplify our voice we can amplify their voice if we see women being spoken over or interrupted or mansplained or given less airtime which the data tells us happens to you know right across the board across lots and lots of different sectors the data tells us that's happening so how do we call that out how do we just do something different in the meeting so for example I'll just give a little example if we if we witness a colleague being spoken over or a colleague's idea being taken by somebody else which is really common and they get the credit for it how about you know we can find really gentle ways to we don't have to call that out in a big challenge we can if we want to take that more confrontational approach we might also say oh I noticed that that Georgia raised that earlier and it's a brilliant idea isn't it and Jack, you've just added your thoughts to it. Brilliant. Let's go with it. And just want to give the credit to Georgia. Like we can find ways of amplifying and giving space to one another. That's just an example, perhaps from a meeting. So I'm agreeing with you. I think, I think we do experience, we, you know, what, what we're talking about now is we're like naming the biases, aren't we? We're naming the ways that we as women realize we've been conditioned and that we're also realizing we can do something different. And then we're, finding ways to support ourselves in terms of our own inner work and our own sustainability our own well-being our own resilience and also that connectivity with others that will support us as we as we take those steps forward and it does take courage right it does yes definitely as i said sometimes it can feel really unsafe to speak up even though there is no physical danger we all want to be liked and we all fear that if we use our voices, we won't be liked. So finding that courage to speak up, knowing that it's not just for yourself, but as you said, when you say something, it, you also have to change the environment and you create, but we are changing the culture, not just for ourselves, but also yeah. for future generations. Yes, absolutely. And I want to just distinguish, Georgia, between actual safety so I, I mentioned safety you mentioned safety and discomfort and this has been really really helpful for me particularly in the anti-racism and inclusion work that I do and I know for myself as a white woman that my own fragility my own white fragility the way that I've been socialized in whiteness can show up as oh I don't feel safe and therefore I'll stay silent I won't speak up I won't support I won't be active when actually what I'm feeling is discomfort and I'm, I'm, I'm on this journey learning of, okay, how do I get 
a bit more used to that discomfort and I'm, I'm not actually in physical danger. I'm not, I don't need to be in threat mode here. I'm not actually unsafe. Um, particularly when I, if we're talking about issues of racial justice and particularly in relation to my colleagues who are experiencing microaggressions and are experiencing a whole other level of bias and barriers in the workplace. So my own, I think we need to challenge ourselves around our own perceptions of our safety. That, if that makes sense. Well, it makes a lot of sense because to our brains, really, that's really, the brain can really distinguish between if there is a threat, like a physical threat or not. And it, I mean, the feelings in the body are the same and it can be really triggering. So helping, t- taking that moment, taking that pause to understand the difference mm-hmm. and when it is safe, when, when there is no physical danger, then yes, there is discomfort but actually it is safer to speak up because that's when you actually make that change and you help improve just the conditions of your workplace, of whatever you are, like of your life or other people's lives. So that's that's very powerful and very powerful distinction to make. So thank you for sharing that. And I also want to mention that you have a new book that is coming out soon, probably will be already out by the time this recording goes yes. live. So it's called Changing Makers, A Woman's Guide to Stepping Out Without Burning Out at Work. Can you tell us more about the book and what inspired you to write it? Yeah, well, all the things that we've already talked about are, are in the book. So that, that, that connection between the personal work that we can do to sustain ourselves, to connect with our bodies, to center our own well-being, that's all in there. How we can navigate our imposter syndrome, our inner critic, how we can really tune into our inner wisdom to support us as we grow and extend and expand as as leaders and as change makers, that's all in there. And, And the piece we've just touched on here about how do we also navigate systems that are biased and systems that create barriers for ourselves or for others. And how do we use our voice and use our privilege? So all of that juicy good stuff uh, is in the book and the power practices that I've mentioned in this conversation, Georgia, are also sprinkled throughout and I include lots of practical ways to to do this work and lots of affirmations which support, support us as we do this work. So it's intended to be a real practical toolkit while also dealing wrestling with some quite juicy topics that we're that we're all experiencing i definitely encourage everyone to get the book because this is a very important conversation to have as i said we all can i mean we all have a part to play we all can make a change so having a guide that can help you navigate that change is very powerful and we're going to put the link to, to the book in the show notes for everyone who is interested now Thank I, you so much. Oh, pleasure. Now we have a question that I ask everyone on the show, and it is, what is one way that multi-passionates can start building a business and life around their passions? I love this question, and I love what you say, Georgia, about multi-passionate. Being multi-passionate is like having a superpower. I absolutely love that way that you frame um, multi-passion, because I think so often I know you've done done some episodes on kind of debunking the myths around being multi-passionate I think that's really really useful for all of us I mentioned earlier how our anger our curiosity the things that we love the things that we're good at those can give us clues and 
I, I would encourage listeners to, to tune in more and more to that. So despite what the world wants to tell you about being multi-passionate, I want to encourage you that it is a superpower and we don't need to be overwhelmed by all the things that we want to get involved in. Cause I can really relate to that. It's like, Oh, there's so many things I'm interested in. So many fingers and lots of pies. And there is something about choosing where to start and starting small experimenting and testing as we go and, and kind of being willing to give time to something and then say, well, okay, what did I learn from that? And now let me move on and give time to the next thing. And I also believe, and I, I now, cause I'm getting a bit older in the, in some of the younger women that I'm working with who perhaps are at the start of their careers or just recently setting up new businesses that I think sometimes we want to have it all planned out and we want to know how we're going to kind of solve this quest um to to allow our our passions to be expressed i think i think there's some grace to allow it to come and allow just to do the thing in front of you like the next step and then then the step after that will emerge and it will it will become clearer and there are sometimes in life where i think we only see the next step right we just don't really see the how it's linking to other things or see the longer term future and then there's other times in life where it all connects together and we can look back and make sense of loads of things and we can look forward and see our trajectory and so I, I think there's no need to worry about whatever place you're in um, because things pass and things move on and I also think that emergence of well where's my curiosity and what do I want to explore next and that being true to that connecting with that kind of anger curiosity joy the stuff we love that that's where that's the fuel to keep us connected and to keep us on track I know that that wasn't just one way <laughs> that multi-passionates can start building a business which was the question that you asked me um yeah just speaking from my heart <laughs> I think it is the perfect answer really because that's been my experience as well when I follow those cramps of curiosity or joy or what makes me feel good I didn't always see all the steps. I didn't know where things would go. But every time that I follow that, I ended up exactly in the next step that I need to take. And that led me to where I am now. So that is a great answer. I really love that. And is there anything that you would like to mention before you wrap up? I think the only thing I would suggest to your listeners is where do you go for your support and accountability? Like I said earlier, where do you find that? And yeah, happy to talk with anybody about that more, but I think that's, I'm really passionate about women in business finding those spaces that will really hold space for them as as we each expand and grow. Absolutely, I couldn't emphasize this more because that's, I mean, getting myself in, in those communities has been truly a game changer and just the support that you get is is invaluable. So for people that want to learn more about you or they want to work with you, where can they find you? Thank you. So yeah, Katie Catalyst on Instagram, Katie Murray on LinkedIn. Um, we'll put some links in the show notes for my future Changemakers program. If you'd like to join, come and be part of that. And I also run a mastermind, which is that space for business leaders to be held and receive that support and accountability. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Happy to chat more. Well, thank you so much, Kat. It's been such a pleasure. And I really love this conversation where people are going to find so much value in it. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Georgia. Really enjoyed talking with you. Appreciate it. 
I hope you found this interview helpful. If you have, if anything Kitty and I talked about resonates with you, please share this podcast with your friends. This is such an important conversation to have, especially at this time and with everything that's going on in the world. We all matter, our voices matter. So let's be leaders, let's step up and let's all together create a better world. You can also support this podcast by subscribing, leaving a rating and a review. Everything helps the podcast get found by other passionate and female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Everything we mentioned in this episode is in the show notes below and over at thetreasurewithin.net. And with that, I thank you so much for listening and wish you a wonderful rest of your day. And remember, the world needs all of your gifts, not just one. Bye for now. Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at the snail space. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends and my partner, they would allow me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and are afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe Deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you're going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs 
and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and old stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial allocation and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today.